Welcome back to middle school. It's a zoo out there, so just be cool. Don't speak too loud, try to fit in. But if you don't, then you can be in outfit repeater. And you better believe that in outfit repeater is the best thing you can be. Just be chill, smiling, wave. If you stay with us, you'll be okay. It's rough out there, but you. everyone and welcome to the Outfit Repeaters. I'm Marissa Cantor and with me as always is Sam Chung. Hello Marissa. I am straight off uh, a weird sea uh, expedition uh, that came out of nowhere and I'm back joining you <laughs> on the podcast today. So you know what? You're welcome. I'm, I'm here. That made no sense. <laughs> It was a reference. It was an allusion to the episode that we just watched, which started, which started with um, again, just random captain. It was so stupid. It was stupid, but you know what? That was just one of the things <laughs> that uh, that we got to experience here in the penultimate episode of How I Met Your Father. I haven't seen any more uh, BTS updates. Do you have any more fun BTS updates that you noticed? I do not. You did. They are all trying to get tickets now for the next round of tour. Oh, I was like, tickets for what? For like BTS. the next thrashing of How I Met Your Father. <laughs> no, <laughs> they've been preoccupied. Oh, okay. Also, it's just you know you be loud about it for a day and then you move on. Oh, okay. Sure. We can go with that. I mean, look, it's getting close to like FYC, which I guess that's an industry term. So the for your consideration uh, time of a show's life cycle. And one of my coworkers, actually, who is a member of the TV Academy, has gotten an invite to go see the final two episodes of How I Met Your Father later this week. I guess at this time it will be earlier this week, but <laughs> he will be seeing the last two episodes of How I Met Your Father. We obviously saw this one, but not the finale yet. Um, and so, you know, How I Met Your Father, still pushing. They're still going for it. Yeah, and you're burying the lead in that. That also includes a panel. Yes, it, the, the event will be moderated by Kim Cattrall. And how, uh, so all told, you know, Hillary Duff, you said, was very impressed that Kim Cattrall did all of her shooting in one day. How many minutes of screen time do you think <laughs> we've seen Kim Cattrall over the course of season one? More or less than 10? I think less. Yeah, probably less. You think less than 10 minutes? Like one minute per episode of Kim Cattrall. Visually, you mean? I mean, there's more VO, but visually... You can do VO from your house. That's true. <laughs> you don't need to do That's any true. work for VO. That's true. <laughs> um, yes, I'm very jealous of your coworker, only because he will be, you know, breathing the same air as Hillary Duff. You know, at any moment in time, you're breathing the same air as literally every other person <laughs> on earth. Just <laughs> like in her in her presence. Okay. The one time I was in her presence, I didn't even appreciate it. Wow, what a jerk. I know, I was in my, like, too cool for you phase. Or rather... I've told like you this jerk. story. <laughs> I've told you this story, right? I'm not sure. You probably have. The year was 2007. Oh, 
not uh, 2022? No. It was hard to live in the moment in 2022. Maybe 2008. It was uh, so roughly around there. I was really deep in my um, Hannah Montana, you know, Miley Cyrus era. That's the world that I was living in. And my uncle surprised me and my sister with tickets to a Hillary Duff concert, her Dignity Tour. Mm. And I was such a little jerk. Like my response was like, this would be cooler if it were Miley Cyrus. <laughs> wow. How rude. Um, but it was a great concert. I did have a good time. She sang all of the classic bangers. It was a brief moment in my life when I just was too cool for Hillary Duff. And yeah, you were too cool for school, specifically math. And now I'm fully not. <laughs> and now I would just die in her presence. Well, that's a bit dramatic. <laughs> that is dramatic. I would be whatever her name was on The Bachelor. Wow. Speaking of The Bachelor and dramatic, Marissa, your new favorite show definitely needs some help. It needs some love. Yeah, let's talk about it. Oh my God. <laughs> so this week, the courtship started. And I just got to say, that show was created for me specifically. And it cannot die. I mean... The first episode did not do very well. No one watched it. In fact, more people. So people stayed to watch a repeat of America's Got Talent. And then they left for the courtship. And then they came back to watch an interview with former Attorney General Bill Barr. So (laughs) (laughs) not a great start for the courtship. Well, okay. And here's the problem. The problem is what I just said. This show was made for me specifically, like a millennial (laughs) woman who is not watching TV on NBC Mm -hmm. when it airs. I think that that is a huge issue. And it's up against American Idol. It is up against American Idol. That is true. Which is also a problem in terms of the live ratings potential. Because for whatever reason, people are still watching American Idol. That's true. My parents are still watching American Idol. I mean, I feel like their American Idol habits probably have not changed over the past 20 years. (laughs) But I mean, I think all that considered, it was week one. So maybe we'll see some digital uptick with the viewership of The Courtship. But what what is the premise of your new favorite show, The Courtship? So the premise of The Courtship is like Bridgerton, but make it a reality dating show. So essentially, it is this woman who is looking for love a bachelorette, so to speak, in the world of the show, she is the heroine. Yeah, She has been whisked away to like an English castle. Mm -hmm. Miss Remy. Miss Remy. Yes, no one knows anybody's first name. (laughs) But it does slip in sometimes. They like break and it's very confusing. But they basically are pretending that they are in the Regency era dating. So they're all like Mr. and Miss... And because during that time period, your family would be a part of the courting process, her parents and her sister and her best friend are like fully in the show and her parents are a goddamn delight. <laughs> I love it. They are the, the, here's another issue. Well, it's not an issue for me. I'm just saying in terms of like the life of this show, especially if it doesn't do well, the whole point of reality TV is, is that it's supposed to be, you know, cheap to produce. This show is like, how can we make the most expensive (laughs) reality dating show 
because they fly everyone to England. They're fully in costume the entire time in these like gorgeous, gorgeous gowns and the men are in their tights and like, it's just, it's so much. They have like extras that they hire to like be in like the date scenes who are also in costume. Yeah. Yes. It's just, there's so much. I mean, I will say all things considered, I think that this is probably on the more expensive side of reality competition shows, but I don't think it meets the level of a Temptation Island, which is very expensive and also returns next week. That's true. Can we talk about the courtship a little more though? Because we have to talk about like, we have to talk about, there's so much. Can we talk about the last dance though? Or- okay, sure. Yeah. The last dance. So instead of a- It's a farewell dance actually. Sorry. The farewell dance. Yes. So instead of a rose ceremony, there is a farewell dance. And they all learned this like one Regency era dance <laughs> that they have to do over and over again. And she invites the people who she is considering sending home to this farewell dance. And she is fully like having a conversation about like her concerns with said person while they are dancing. And it is so funny to me every single time. Mm-hmm. And then when she doesn't want you anymore, when she sends you home, she says, your carriage awaits. <laughs> it's so good. I think Miss Remy is so lovely and beautiful. And I just love the representation in this show as well. With like going with a black heroine for their first season. And there is like a fairly diverse cast of suitors as well. Mm-hmm. I just want her to find her happily ever after. And I'm fully invested. Um, I know. Big week of TV this week. Uh, Survivor came back on Wednesday as well. It did. So big week, but we're not talking about any of that. We're here to talk about J Street. (laughs) Oh, shoot. I wasn't queued up. We're here to talk about (laughs) J Street. I'm just missing J Street. (laughs) (laughs) We got a song. Yeah. um, A Meredith original because this might this might have been her first original because apparently Jesse is the brains and the brawn (laughs) and the heart of the operation. Um, And Meredith, you know what? When she finally got to write something of her own, she was like, you know what? I can't do it. I need (laughs) I need a man. (laughs) I need J Street. I'm just missing J Street. Okay, this episode for me is the closest we've gotten to the high of episode six, where I'm just like, so whereas with like the first half of the season, everything felt very episodic and contained, and I did not feel the overarching story. I like the way it's been going better. Like, I feel like now there's something to grab onto. There's, there is some sense of stakes happening. There are characters making messy choices. It's something. The bar is really low. It's something. I mean, I think that there were definitely some interesting, amusing parts of this episode, but they didn't utilize the whole cast very effectively, I don't think. Like, whatever was going on with Ellen was kind of like whatever. Charlie was pretty non-existent until maybe like the very end when there was a weird moment, which we can talk about later. But, you know, I don't know. It just like, it felt incomplete. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think... The ensemble cast is just like, once you add in a couple more characters, then some of the core six get left on the 
on the sidelines. Yeah, like I think Ellen tried on an outfit the entire ep- <laughs> that was her entire arc <laughs> in the episode. And even the we're supposed to believe I think that Drew is kind of backsliding. We didn't get a ton of Jesse. Drew. Oh my god. We're supposed, I do this every time. Every time. We're supposed to believe that Jesse is backsliding, but we didn't get a ton of Jesse here. I mean, all things considered, I don't feel like I saw him a lot. That's true. Yeah. Who did we see? Uh, I mean, mostly Sophie, obviously, and Drew and his parents. Yeah. And then after that, I would say Sid and Hannah. Sid and Hannah had a, yeah. Yeah. Things are a little shaky. Yeah. And they off, they want to leave off on like a cliffhanger of like, oh, no, did Jesse go back to Meredith? Like, honestly, so what if he did? Like, <laughs> he was going to propose to her. Do you think he's going to show up at the beginning of the next episode, though? Uh, You know what? I hope he doesn't. <laughs> wow. No, he can't, right? Like, he has to blow her off for there to be any tension in this final episode. You can't just, like, show up. He's not going to show up. <laughs> yeah, this episode, I don't know. I just, like, I like characters making messy choices. But, again, I think I'm going back to this feeling that I felt and articulated last week where a lot of these moments that are happening just don't feel earned. I I know I do this a lot in part my own fan fiction onto the show, but like for Drew, right? His parents are going to jail. Maybe just his dad. <laughs> his girlfriend just broke up with him. And he's like, don't worry, it's okay. No, bro, you should snap. Go full Joker mode. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh no, Drew is so fragile. Well, then, you know, let there be chaos. Jeez. <laughs> Let's unleash Drew upon the world. I was just going to make a Let's joke. Let's unleash Fire Festival Drew. <laughs> Where is Fire Festival Drew? He needs to come out to play now. No, but you're so right. Like, Drew is too chill. Too chill. They're like, oh, I get it. I'm not your person. What? No. Disappointing. Where- you need to write a song now, <laughs> Drew. Where's your song? I'm just. <laughs> you're so right yeah I boring agree. i agree i don't care if drew's father goes to jail i care if drew snaps that's what i care <laughs> about <laughs> wow do you have any other passionate opening thoughts um sure i mean look we saw the photo that sophie took in the last episode her award-winning photo it was both profiled in the gallery and in her home. And you know what? The photo actually turned out pretty well. I think I made fun of, I think we both made fun <laughs> of the photo last time, but it is a pretty cool photo. Is it the assignment? I'm Jury's still out on that, but it is a cool photo. And if I was Jesse, I would want that photo for sure because it's a cool like action shot of me, but nope, Sophie just kept it. It's her first gallery shot. It's a big deal. So Jesse just gets no credit. <laughs> I mean, I would argue Jesse is here. Do if if we have to assign credit for the photo, it's sixty five percent Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's diving into his car, which he broke, and it I, looks like he knows what he's doing. He's standing over a steam vent, which can't be comfortable. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, sixty five percent Jesse, thirty percent the steam vent and the lighting. <laughs> So 30% steam vent, and then you're giving 5% to Sophie. Yes. Wow. Not just the vent, but like the, the way that photo was lit was very striking to me. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously it doesn't match the way that it was lit as we watched it on the screen. <laughs> no, why would it? Some some crafty TV magic there for sure. Now, what do we think it means that there is a, you know, massive portrait of Jesse just hanging in Sophie's living room? Do we read into it beyond it just being like her first big photo? So this very like prominently displayed. Red herring, for sure. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> Just had to throw it out there. They're trying to be tricky. They're trying to be tricky with us. We didn't get Matt McGuire yet. I mean, I think if you couldn't tell already, we did not get the answer to who is the father today. Why? No father. (laughs) It will never not tickle me. (laughs) (laughs) And that being said, I think that our, I was going to say our winner pick. It's not really a winner pick. We're in survivor draft mode. (laughs) But our predictive father, Sid, seems to be just, uh, his relationship with Hannah does seem to be coming apart at the seams a little bit. It does. Yeah. It does. Which is fine. I mean, I I think Hannah's cool, but like, I don't, they don't seem very compatible to me long term. I mean, they've clearly picked sides in the Drew versus Jesse battle, which apparently is never going to happen because Drew is not going to go beast mode. (laughs) Drew doesn't care enough. (laughs) (laughs) But if Drew was to go beast mode and go find Jesse, then yeah, you would have... But I don't think Drew even knows it's Jesse. Well, um, he doesn't now, but like he's got to find out eventually. He probably will find out from Hannah. (laughs) True. Yeah, it's if he doesn't... So, yeah, obviously he doesn't know already, but, like, I'd say give it three, five days, he'll know. Maybe he'll retaliate by firing him from his substitute. Uh, by fire festivaling him? <laughs> yeah. Is that why you said that? Were you trying to make a pun? <laughs> wow. So today we are unpacking How I Met Your Father, Season 1, Episode 9, penultimate episode of Season 1 called j street in this episode a parental wrench is thrown into sophie's plan for the day jesse deals with the aftermath of a truth bomb and charlie tries to get the gang excited about soccer this is going to be a real uh throwback and if our listeners are young they may not even get it but since i know some of our listeners are more like closer to our demographic uh, every time I heard the title of this episode, J Street, I was just reminded of the Dave Matthews Band song, Gray Street, <laughs> and that's all I can hear <laughs> when I hear the title of the episode. That's such a throwback. Yeah. I mean, Dave Matthews Band, real bangers in the 90s. <laughs> you weren't listening to Dave Matthews in the 90s. Well, no, I wasn't listening to Dave Matthews in the 90s. I was like four. Not that old. But in the 2000s, I would go back. Back to the 90s and see, listen to see, Dave Matthews see, Band. I, was just I like, like Dave Matthews Band. Okay. I like some ants marching. I okay. like some uh, crash into me. See, for me, my reaction was just like, J Street, what are they gonna? What are they doing in Brooklyn? Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, maybe they had like a really, you know, passionate moment on the J train. <laughs> actually, I don't even know. Is it, wait, which train goes okay. to J Street? Is it, like, is it the actually like the ACE stops at J Street? Yeah, I think like the... I think the F also does. Uh, the F stops at <laughs> FJ Street. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she could have, yeah. I mean, imagine if she had written a song called J Street and then the next song is also J Train. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the J album. 
there's just so much. There's just so much to say. So much. Let's let's jump in. Let's go back to that weird, weird, weird opening. I don't even know what to say. Like, I mean, it's important, apparently. Apparently. But we don't learn why in this episode. It'll be important later. We open on, like, two random people making out in a bed. I don't even know how to describe this. Because whose memory? Is it a memory? Is it, was it, like, a TV show? A TV show? I don't think we know. Is it a TV show? It's just a very out-of-context moment. I assume it's, like, a cheating thing. It based seems on so. Based on the way it goes... And they get walked in on. So the captain was Kyle McLaughlin, uh, perhaps a Kim Cattrall connection. But it's just very random. It was very jarring. I, I, I hope it pays off, but I don't trust that it will. I don't, I don't have much faith. Yeah, I care even less about this than Halloween 2019 Eight, 2018. or 18, 20, whatever <laughs> Halloween it was. I care even less about this random captain. Even, even her kid is like, mom. Stop. (laughs) Whatever. It's important later. Cut to 2022. We're back. Sophie got her tooth fixed. For real. For the second time. Did she go back to the shady dentist? Unclear. I would assume so. It's not like she magically has more money now. (laughs) That's true. And she dropped off her perfect shot to Naomi at the gallery. Seemed like she really ran up against her deadline, but she got the photo to her just in the nick of time. Val just has this like sixth sense with Sophie where she just is able to look at her and be like, something's going on with you. Oh my God, someone kissed you. Oh my God, Jesse kissed you. It was like best friend telepathy happening. I mean, she's correct. She is correct. The kiss happened and she liked it. But of course she feels bad about Drew. Val doesn't feel bad about Drew. She just wants the scoop. Yeah, I mean, look, when you've been on 88 Tinder dates this year, when the chemistry is there, you really have to just go for it. Forget Drew. Forget Drew. As as CeeLo Green would say, forget Drew. We learned that Sophie apparently kisses with her eyes open. That's weird. Which is such a choice. I mean, we also learned that Val also made out with her American Girl dolls, which makes... Uh, her boss's form of like psycho torture even more troubling. <laughs> yeah, apparently Val and Felicity got down. <laughs> and like, does that make Val a bisexual queen? Who's to say? No, this it's show's a not doll. Be- <laughs> it's not a real person. I understand, but I'm just saying like, I don't know, there's something a little bit gay about that. Okay, sure. It's it's more just like overall weird. <laughs> Sure. That's, you know, sure. She's practic she's making out with her toys with both her eyes open and the doll's eyes open. It sounds like a weird Twilight Zone episode. American Girl doll's eyes do close. So Oh, so like, it was a choice. It, it was a choice. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I could close the eyes, but I choose not to. Yeah. Oh my god. So then we get a flashback to the kiss and the aftermath of that kiss. They're both into it. They both wanted it. And she's got to break up with Drew now, essentially. Yeah. He um, says he wanted to (laughs) kiss her for a long time. And like, where was the development on that? Who's to say? I mean, it was just a sexual attraction from day one. (laughs) He was like, yeah, I want to make out with her. And now that he has, he liked kissing her without a tooth even better than kissing her with all of her teeth. Weird. (laughs) 
People just say weird things here. <laughs> yeah. There is like an earnestness to this interaction that I can get behind. I do really like the way that like Chris Lowell plays it here. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm just like, why wasn't there more moments between them? Like I wanted more sex. Like for me as a, as a romance writer and reader, there is so much in the buildup. There's even more in the buildup to me. Like that we just did not see enough, like quite frankly, sexual tension between them mm-hmm. for that kiss to be satisfying. Yeah. I would agree with that. But so now they're just like, what? Oh, we always wanted this. We're into each other. We're going to make it happen. (laughs) It was so good that Sophie is going to break up with her stable boyfriend who she's had one fight, not even a fight, a disagreement with. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't think that I'm a serious photographer, even though I'm not. How dare he? (laughs) She liked him enough to wait to do it for the first time in a bougie-ass hotel. Yeah. And now just one kiss from Jesse, and it all unravels. I know. Sophie, chaos. She comes into this nice man's life. This man who's really just recovered from the, you know, shell shock of fire festival. <laughs> He's really picked himself up by his bootstraps. And over the course of, you know, maybe like six or seven episodes, calls his ex on him by mistake. So now he has to interact with his ex again. And like... <laughs> you know, uh, alienates his best friend, Hannah, just a series of things, then breaks his heart on the same day that his father is going to jail. What is, what is happening here? Stop ruining this man's life. There's so much. I know. And what happened to his dog? What did you make him do to his dog? Where's the dog? (laughs) (laughs) How come we've never seen the dog again, Sophie? I blame you for this. You're so right. There was no dog. (laughs) There was definitely a dog when we started. (laughs) And I saw no dog in this episode. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, where is, oh, my God, what was the dog? The golden girl dog. Oh, Blanche. Blanche. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Where? Where is Blanche? (laughs) Well, the dog's name was like, it was was the actress's name, but whatever. I digress. Where is she? Yeah, where is she, Sophie? Where is she? Justice. Blanche Highbrise. So then we cut to Sid and Jesse's apartment and Jesse is telling Sid about the kiss and Sid is happy about this too. He has been team Jesse and Sophie since day one. He's like, but what about Drew? And Jesse's like, oh, don't worry about it. Sophie is breaking up with Drew today. Then we cut back to Sophie. There's a lot of cuts in this episode. Val is asking Sophie if Jesse feels the same way. Sophie is pretty sure that he does he locked down plans they're gonna get dinner tonight they're just gonna be two hot dorks together but there's one issue today is the day that everyone promised charlie that they would watch soccer with him at the bar it's friends soccer day he even made t-shirts this is so random it's it's super random this is this is one of the storylines that for sure was not fully developed as they went as they went all in on having this Sophie and Jesse tension. For me, and I know that this sort of goes against the conventions of the, I guess, genre for lack of a better word, but it would have been a stronger episode if they just, I know it's an ensemble cast. I know everyone needs to have their moment or whatever, but when the moments are so weak, 
I wish that they could just be removed entirely. Yeah. Like if we had a whole episode that was literally just this like Sophie and Jesse back and forth, that would have been a much better episode. I agree. That's uh, that's a good way of putting it, because honestly, I don't care about Friends Soccer Day, especially when Charlie isn't even supporting a real team. The Blues? Get out of here, Charlie. <laughs> Pick a real Premier League team. Jeez. Yeah. Show who, you're, show who you support. Yeah. No one needs this fake team stuff. I know. You, you, you come for BTS. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Yeah, you come for BTS, but you can't choose like between Man U and Man City. <laughs> Alienate some people for real on purpose. Jeez. <laughs> I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, back at Sid and Jesse's, they make a thumb promise to not tell anyone. Uh, that was so stupid but also cute uh, oh you thought it was cute so that is not a cringiest line nominee no it's cringy oh it's cringy it's cringy but i just don't think eh, i'm still i'm still so ridiculously high on sid even though sid is so questionable in this episode it's because thumbs are stronger than pinkies and they like link up like they do a thumb war and then they kiss each other's thumb which is so much <laughs> I mean, it's some coordination for sure. Thumb promise. His thumbs stronger than pinkies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong, I guess. There is, I feel like I could lift more with my thumb than with my pinky. But then here's the thing. Timing, Sid. Your timing is deplorable. <laughs> like, Jesse just tells you this Sophie moment. It's happening. This is what you wanted. So you say. But then you're like, oh, by the way, Meredith dropped by and she wrote a song about you and yeah. she's in town, which I yeah. mean, like, I guess, I guess he had to, but did he, I don't know. I'm having this internal debate in real time right now. Yeah. I mean, listen, Meredith's song to me, uh, I don't know. It's more like a jingle, right? Because I think if you're like, <laughs> if you were to ask me, is this the chorus of the song or is this a verse? I'm like, <laughs> neither. It doesn't sound right in either placement of a song. It's literally just like a quick bar. <laughs> Are we going to play the full song? The full song is like 20 seconds. So what? We no, to- I just like the joke of it be that being the full song. Sure. All right. So here's the full song of J Street. We've heard the clip. Here's the full song. I should have gotten off the train at J Street Cause I wanna be with the tracks and the payment meet Sometimes I still think I can hear your heartbeat Then I realize I'm just missing J Street What? (laughs) Are you laughing at the what? (laughs) Yeah, you have to keep that. That's so funny. (laughs) You're just like... I don't think, I mean, I don't think I could cut around it. He says what? what as she's singing the last line. What? He's just like, what? I mean, that's how I felt as well. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess like logistically, right? It has to be the beginning of the song. So it's a verse, but then it ends and it sounds like she's done. That's the whole song. I know. <laughs> like what? Normally when you listen to a song for the first time, you're like, okay, into it, into it. But like, what's the hook? Like, where's the chorus? Like, what are we really going to, what are we really going to sing here? And uh, I have no idea. It's just J Street. (laughs) And there's where we get the title of the episode. And this is where we learn. No, this is not about the J Street Metrotech 
stop on the <laughs> F train. J Street is Jesse. But don't spin out about this. You know, you have a good thing going with Sophie. Jesse spins out, obviously. I get it. Like like you said, he was going to propose to her. Yeah. This is this is weird. This is confusing. This isn't like your typical breakup song where like there's any ounce of like subtlety to it. Mm-hmm. This is like, oh, I am J Street. So I guess the question is, why does the song have to come out before Meredith actually tells Jesse this to his face? I don't know. <laughs> On the Drew Barrymore show, no yet. No less. No yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's sus for me. Like, mm. what is Meredith's angle? Like, if she really just wanted to get back with Jesse, call him on his cell phone. What are you doing? I feel like she's fishing for a story to really sell her new single. She's like, look, this is my first single, and look, it worked, and now I'm back with my boyf, and life is good. (laughs) You did not just say boyf. I said boy. That was me as Leighton Meester as Meredith. (laughs) Did she call him that? No. (laughs) I hate that you just said that. Well, you know what? I hate that it's sus and I don't like it. I don't like the situation. It's fishy. We learn what her angle is at the end of the episode. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he wants him to go on tour with her. Sure. But like, if this is how she's feeling, right? Like she's obviously been feeling this way for some time to have written a song about it. And it's already on Spotify, like ready to go. Yeah. Like this isn't just like, she oh, she should have sent him the demo, <laughs> poured her heart out. Yeah, it's it already all- on the Spotify. <laughs> It's sketchy. It's sus. It is sus. Like, if she feels that way, why didn't she just call him earlier? I don't know. Because the show makes no sense. Yeah. Because people are messy. But yeah, he pretty much immediately shows up at Meredith's hotel. So then we cut to the bar, and it is the friend soccer day. Wait, wait, wait. You're you're skipping. Am I? You're skipping over Sophie. Oh, I'm so sorry. to break up with him. Oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, not that, well, no, the Drew storyline is definitely more interesting than anything that's happening at the bar. It's true. It's we true. We can't skip over this. I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. This is why I need to start taking my own notes again. <laughs> <laughs> so lazy. Oh, I need to finish my book. Anyways. Yeah. So Sophie shows up at Drew's. She is here. She has a plan. She is going to dump him. He's apologetic about how he spoke to her at the fundraiser. He was annoyed that she was late and just like he owns that it was like a shitty thing to say. Um, And she is like, yeah, yeah, well, I need to talk to you, whatever. Like she kind of brushes by that. And guess who is here? His parents. And it's very weird. It's very awkward. And Drew and his dad need to go pick up the food, leaving Sophie alone with Drew's mom. Yeah, and they're having like bagels and schmear. And I couldn't figure out if this was coding Drew as Jewish because Josh Peck is Jewish. I mean, probably. Because if if they were coded as Jewish, then I can say definitively that this show has an issue with Jewish representation. <laughs> <laughs> like that would make it the third time that we're going to do some like low-key like stereotypical anti-semitic shenanigans like the whole undoing of like drew's parents is just so cringy if they are in fact jewish i mean it's cringy like it's just like 
there's an extra layer of like, ugh, I'm riled up. That was like the most low key I'm riled up. Yeah, you don't sound voice. riled up. Now can I go to the bar? Yeah, let's get through this. This is a, this is a long episode. There's I a lot know. to go through. I know. Let's go. Let's pick up the pace. I know. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Is, we're dragging here. We're dragging. Let's pick it up. Let's pick it up. Friend soccer day. But no one's really here for that. Like Hannah and Sid want to spend as much time planning their weddings as pl- possible. Weddings, plural, because now there are two. And like Hannah seems a little salty about that. She is stressed. We learn that Ellen has a job interview to be like a produce buyer for a grocery store chain. And as you mentioned earlier, her entire story in this episode is just like trying on various outfits for this interview. So that begins here. And Val shows up and she learns from Sid that Jesse is spiraling about the whole Meredith song situation. And they're both like, what do you know? Oh, what do you know? I know something. We, we know the same thing. And then they blurt it out. They being Val and Sid. Val and Sid, yes. Yes. Okay, so then back at the hotel, Jesse's like, what does the song mean? <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Am I J Street? Bro, <laughs> obviously, dude. <laughs> Meredith is presented to us as someone who is very charming and it's easier. Like th- this whole thing with her being able to like put people under her spell sort of started last week with Sid and Ellen. So Meredith is doing her thing. Her charming thing. I guess that charming thing is hot sauce surprise. Hot sauce surprise. Just the most charming thing a woman can do for a man. That was Uh, so stupid. Yeah, I mean, of all the things we've learned about Jesse, like as far as like his skill set goes, obviously we're told rather than shown that he is a good songwriter. So I can't really take that at face value. All I really know about Jesse is he's very good at identifying hot sauce by taste. That is his only marketable skill. It's true. And he can't resist. So they're having, I guess, a moment when we cut back to Drew's apartment and we get some not really necessary backstory about Drew's parents and how they met, how they got married within like two months of knowing each other or proposed to or whatever. I mean, it's all very insincere, right? Like Drew's mom is trying to connect with Sophie and being like, hey, Look, we have a timeshare in Aruba. You have to come see it. Like, excuse me, lady, your timeshare in Aruba is definitely getting taken away by the government because yeah. your husband was in a Bernie Madoff, Bernie Madoff type <laughs> scheme. Like, why are you inviting Sophie to your <laughs> to your timeshare that's for sure going to be possess- like repossessed? Yeah, it's it's very strange. And Sophie is like I like she's very forward and like transparent about why she is there. She's like, I'm here to break up with Drew. And the mom is like, wait a second, you can't do that to him right now. He's going to need you. We have bad news. Bad news bears, yeah. Um, Sophie's like, what? Like, this is such a strange plot device. <laughs> Drew's mom wants to rock, paper, scissors for who gets to be Drew's bad news. So then we're back at the bar. Val and Sid are still sort of gushing over the Jesse Sophie kiss, debating who went in for it first. They're very invested in this, almost too invested in this, if I'm being honest. Um, nobody's paying attention to soccer. This upsets Charlie. And Hannah, Queen Hannah, is like, yo, hello. Are we not going to talk about the fact that Sophie cheated on Drew? Like our friend Drew. 
<laughs> Does Drew not matter here? <laughs> oh man, Sid. I guess everybody has to have flaws, right? Uh, yeah, Siddhartha. Come on, bro. <laughs> Sid's like, yeah, I mean, but this is like the good kind of cheating. Yeah, it's like when your friend cheats with your other friend. <laughs> it's the best kind. But it's the friend that they're supposed to be with. They're, it's the end game friend. And Hannah's like, excuse me? I'm like, what? <laughs> Hannah's like, red flag for sure. You know what? You're right. You're right. That is a red flag, Hannah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Is there a good kind of cheating? No. No. <laughs> I feel like you were trying to test me. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, Hannah. Hannah's real. Yeah. Hannah's dope. She's the only person in this situation who is even remotely considering Drew's feelings right now. So I know. She- it's like every time Hannah comes to town, she finds herself like the only sane person in a circus full of clowns. And she's like... <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> she's like, I didn't realize I just attended the clown convention. Like, what are you idiots doing? <laughs> she's like, where am I? I want to go back to LA and never leave. <laughs> I know. I wonder where her residency is. <laughs> you think they won't even pick a real soccer team. You think her residency is a real hospital here in LA? Well, it could be at like USC Keck. It could be at Cedar sinai It could be at Huntington. It could be like, I don't know. We're getting familiar with the... It's not. It's at Washington University of St. Louis, LA hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so then we're back at Drew's. Sophie wins rock, paper, scissors, and Drew's mom is like, no, your paper looked a lot like scissors. And then Sophie says. Yeah, it's the return of a joke. I am doing the best I can. I told you I have early onset arthritis. (laughs) (laughs) I was like so struck by that line. I was like, of of all the recurring jokes, they don't bring back trademarked. They don't bring back like any, like anything that could be. An ongoing gag. But once again, Sophie has early onset arthritis. I was on the floor. This is why she does. so funny. Yeah, this is why she does photography and not studio art. Because if she had to paint, her hand would just die. At least with photography, all she has to do is click a button. Yeah. If anybody has early onset arthritis right now, it is me. Like, you don't even do anything to deserve it, Sophie. (laughs) My, My wrists are falling apart. But yeah, that that really tickled me. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> so stupid. Okay. Drew and his dad return with the bagels. Sophie tries to get Drew alone, but mom drops a truth bomb. And we already we already spoiled what it is. <laughs> yes. Someone is going to jail. But on the bright side, Drew, at least you have your girlfriend by your side, so you don't have to go through this alone. Uh, where's your dog? (laughs) Where is the dog? That really bothers me. The dog really bothers you? You hadn't thought about it until just now. No, and it's really getting to me. I know, because like, it's not a big apartment. Where's the dog? Where's the dog? (laughs) Sus. Now, Sid and Hannah are arguing. She's being super passive aggressive. Not even passive aggressive. She's being super aggressive about the, the good kind of cheating comment. As she should be. That was a stupid thing to say. And Sid receives a message from Jesse that he went to see Meredith. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. So Val overhears this, and she calls Sophie 
to tell her this information while Sophie is in the bathroom kind of like practicing how she's going to break up with Drew. So Val just wants her to have all the information before she makes a decision, which is like, I get that. But also, so Val is basically like, maybe you could like stay with this guy that you're not really that into (laughs) because I mean, like Sophie should break up with Drew regardless. Yeah, it shouldn't really matter. Um, She should definitely tell Sophie before she goes to the restaurant (laughs) later that night. Like you would think this might have maybe brought up some red flag or warning bells before that situation, which it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like Sophie even texted to be like, Hey, we still on for today, (laughs) given everything that's happened. But um, yeah, she also listens to the song and she learns that, Hey, you know what? She's missing J street as well because J street is Jesse. That's very clever. It took her way too long. (laughs) Actually, you know what? It makes more sense than for Sophie to write a response called J train about how (laughs) J train is actually supposed to be like meant for her. Clever Meredith. Now we have dueling songs, not just drops of Jupiter. Yeah. We got a proper drops of J a a proper battle. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past this show to do a rap battle at some point between two white women. I'm just saying I see it (laughs) happening. Back at the bar, the soccer game is over, and Val missed it, and this upsets Charlie. He's like, yes, I'm going to call it soccer for you plebeians, but no, lean into the football. Be proper British. (laughs) Be real British, Charlie. And we just kind of get this explosion of emotions out of nowhere from Charlie that he is homesick and sad. Really, really just came out of nowhere for me. I agree, but I mean, you would think that someone so (laughs) well-traveled who just leaves his home on a whim uh, on a recurring basis (laughs) would not be this homesick. It's true. And Ellen is still in this episode trying on clothes. Ellen, just take the episode off. Like, we don't need it. Back at Drew's, Drew is just too good. He's just too good of a man. All this stuff is going on. His dad could be going to jail. But he's worried about Sophie right now. He asks, are you okay? I know this was a lot. He's just such a good guy. I mean, listen, Drew knows a thing or two about a tough time. He has been to Fire (laughs) Festival. (laughs) Never let it go. Um, And Sophie breaks up with him. Yes. On his half birthday, no less. That's very rude, actually. Like, at least wait until the day after the half birthday. The half birthday is sacred. I I do understand that one. Yeah, Drew deserves someone who is 100% into him. And honestly, I'm glad. I mean, this show has me so, like, I have such little faith in the show that for a second, you know, I thought that she was going to backslide, too. Mm -hmm. Did you? Like, I thought that she wasn't going to go through with it. Look, I feel like in your traditional sitcom romance arc, it's going to take at least three seasons for your romantic leads to get together. So I wouldn't have been shocked if she did backslide and then stayed with, uh, stayed with Drew because then it would just kind of like just keep the charade going even longer to get to that three-season mark. Now, maybe they're worried about... <laughs> getting to a season three arc but that being said 
it's not what happened. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. That was a good choice. She went through with it. And there was a very real world where she did not. So I am glad that she did. Meanwhile, back at Meredith's hotel, they're still playing hot sauce surprise. It's a long game. I didn't realize there were this many types of hot sauce, but I'm not a hot sauce person. Any hot sauce to me would be a surprise because I'd be like, how do you get in there? (laughs) (laughs) So stupid. And this is where we get the big info dump feelings backstory about Meredith and Jesse that just comes out of nowhere in terms of we had a quite intense debate last week about Jesse the musician and <laughs> and who he was. This Meredith backs me up. I have I'm so confused about <laughs> the situation, I'll be honest, because I don't I believe strongly what I said in the last episode that just that Jesse does not seem like a driven artist. And yet somehow he is presented as the guy who is writing all the songs and writing all the music and setting up all the gigs. And yet somehow it's Meredith who gets like a solo deal and is now touring and now needs Jesse to be her pianist. This makes no sense at all. Yeah, she had no voice. Yeah, so why? It may, You have no voice and yet you're like, but let me go back to the situation I was in with no voice. Well, the whole her whole thing is basically like, she seems to be the type of person who is very um, like codependent and, and always in a relationship. She says that she, you know, had consistently had a boyfriend since she was 14. Mm-hmm. And then with Jesse, their relationship was also, it was their art too and their romance. And like when he proposed, she realized that she didn't have a voice in their like creative relationship. And she needed to figure out who she was on her own. This is, again, where the timeline confuses me. Like, she found out who she was in, like, three or four months. It's so confusing. Yeah, because we went from, like, is she pregnant to (laughs) I needed to find myself. Yeah. As an artist and as a woman. Yeah, and we know that it's been basically two months since we started out in episode one because... In this episode, the parents make an, or the mother, Drew's mother, I guess, makes an allusion to that. She was like, well, I married Drew's father after two months, very soon. That was kind of like the basis for, you know, the timing. But maybe you can find out who you are in four months. But if it's who you were, if your answer is it's who I was before, I don't know. (laughs) Did you do enough soul searching? The answer was, I'm just missing J Street. (laughs) Don't ask if you don't really want it. I'm just missing J Street. What? <laughs> oh, you wish I'd cut that? So this is the Sophie bathroom version, which does not have the what. You wish that I had cut the what version. <laughs> I just think it's so funny <laughs> when he screams what after. What? <laughs> uh, his comedic timing is spot on. So a lot of feelings, a lot of confusion. A lot of soul searching and it culminates in Meredith needs a piano player for her tour and she would love Jesse to be that for her and they can figure things out on the road. Does he fully leave? Is that what happens? Yeah, he's leaving. Charlie's leaving. <laughs> Sid is leaving to go to LA. Just new <laughs> cast in season two. Literally no father. No <laughs> 
Stop teeing me up like this when I'm not ready. Why, no, Father. So we're left on that sort of cliffhanger note. Back at the bar, Ellen is still doing her thing with her clothes. Um, and she's so frustrated, she's just going to cancel the interview. But guess what? Val works in fashion. I don't know why this wasn't, you know, figured out as soon as she arrived. But it takes the whole episode for Valentina to style an outfit for Ellen. Because Val doesn't like Ellen, obviously. (laughs) They never hang out. They're like the one pair of people who have not Had 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 an episode together. I think that... You know, if we if we um, subscribe to the idea that Charlie and Ellen are mortal enemies, then it makes sense that Val, by the transitive property, is also Ellen's mortal enemy. But they're not mortal enemies. <laughs> That's not real. Hannah and Sid are once again in their long distance feelings. And honestly, much like Val and Charlie's relationship, Sid and Hannah go in circles a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Like the whole crux of their relationship is... Can we handle long distance and for how long? Sid says, this is another thing that I was just like, this is so weird. (laughs) (laughs) That sometimes he misses Hannah so much, he sits on his own hand until it goes numb. And then he holds it and pretends that it's hers. Is that your cringiest line nominee? I think so. That was so (laughs) weird. Yeah. Um, And we learn here. I didn't do that when we were long distance. I would not expect you to. <laughs> uh, we learned then that Hannah, it, it, like long distance might actually be something that is more of an issue because she has an opportunity to stay in LA once her residency ends for another year. Yeah, fellowship. Which would probably mean that they would get married and then continue to be like, when is, I don't understand when they're planning on getting married and like the scheme of their, you know, their two weddings, but it makes it seem like it's going to be some time during their marriage that they're going to be a part two. Yeah, they're not getting married. <laughs> now, my question is, are we going to make it all the way to a wedding and then someone's going to bail at the altar or are we going to shut shit down before we even get there? Because there's not, there's no way. Hannah wants to be in L.A. I mean, I hope it's not like wedding wedding. It'll probably be like a rehearsal dinner maybe or something. Yeah. Like Sid wants to be in New York. So much so that he tied himself to a bar that is hemorrhaging money. Maybe there's just a better person for you, Sid. Maybe that person is Sophie. Who is to say? <laughs> Maybe. She's like the good kind of cheater. So <laughs> it's your it's your type. So then that's how that relationship arc sort of ends for now. It's where that we leave we leave Sid and Hannah. We go to Charlie and Ellen's apartment where Val is like, I'm going to make this feel British. This is how I make it feel British. I'm just going to hang Union Jacks and find like a telephone pole inflatable and just like make it as like kitschy British as I can. Yeah, it feels like borderline offensive. Honestly. Yeah, it's bad. Um, She's also dressed up as every Spice Girl. I mean, ambitious, sure. <laughs> and she does like the Love Actually cards. For yes, him. your favorite movie. That's so cliche. and then tipsy val declares that maybe one day we will have little kiddos to watch soccer with charlie like they hug they embrace and charlie is making a face 
have a better idea. Why don't you just go visit the UK for a little bit so that Charlie can like step back in the UK and then come back and not worry about getting deported? He doesn't <laughs> even have a passport right now. Oh know? yeah, that's true. Maybe he can't go. <laughs> All right, so here's alternate plan. Go to your embassy, <laughs> get a new passport, uh, and go back to the UK for a short period of time, and you won't feel as homesick anymore. Yeah, he was- You'll remember all the reasons that you left. I don't know. He was radiating some strong, like, I'm going to leave you energy Yeah. for me. That's what I interpreted, because it was very- Yeah, I mean, that seemed to be what they were going for. It was very, like, distraught. I don't know if that was the right word. Maybe that's the right word. Uh, there is tension. There's something. There is there is something not quite right in any of these relationships. Correct. Nobody is okay. No. Um, and then we cut back to Sophie. She is just going on with her day as if all of this, like, Jesse and Meredith news did not happen or it's not, like, affecting her in any way, shape, or form. She shows up to the restaurant. I'm kind of skipping ahead because first she gets a call from Naomi who loves the photo, the perfect shot of Jesse and is going to put it in the gallery. So officially Sophie has her first break, so to speak. Yeah, congrats. Is her reaction like, holy shit. I think so. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Cute. I like it. And big deal. Big deal. So now, so she gets that call as she's walking into the restaurant She's there. She's like, oh, I'm probably, you know, I'm running late. So my date is probably already here. But she is the first one to arrive. Jesse is not there. Dun, dun, dun. And that is when Kim Cattrall is like, yep, we ran out of time. Our 22 minutes are up. See you next week. But as she gets up, she's like, I need a snack. She walks away and the camera pans to follow her. And we see the perfect shot on the wall in her home. End of episode. Yeah, I mean, this... Uh, to be continued. I, yeah, to be continued. This end part is kind of where the format of the show and maybe who the show is meant for kind of like takes you out of it a little bit because I think when you compare this show, right, to another show that's airing right now, Single Drunk Female, you have two women who are going through probably, I feel like they're at roughly the same point in their lives, uh, and they're going through these crises. Um, but I feel like with single drunk female, right, very modern, she's always texting people. She's always in communication with people. Like you would assume that, uh, Sophie is probably the same way. Like she's just been making out with Jesse. Why wouldn't she be texting him all day? And like, why wouldn't they have that communication? And if they didn't have that communication, then shouldn't that be like a red flag for later in the night? But nope, she's going to derp along to the restaurant. <laughs> No, you're so right. There is that like missing. It just feels like she's, she tissue. feels like such an old person, but she's literally 30. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's the disconnect for sure. I could not agree more. Yeah. Because obviously, like you said, there would be communication. She like, really, she should be like text, 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 text. And he's not responding. And then she should be like, why is he not responding? For sure. Or like. Jesse is texting Sid and then Val is like talking to Sid because they were literally just in the same place. And it's like, Ooh, girl, not looking good, <laughs> but nope. Sophie just convenience. She just conveniently forgets that she has a cell phone. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's weird. 
It's not, it's not 2005. Yeah, it's 2022. Jeez. It was hard to live in the moment in 2022. And that is where we leave you. One more episode. Yeah, one more episode in season one before 20 more episodes <laughs> <laughs> in season two. I wonder what the schedule is. I wonder if they're going to try to get some out for fall. You think they would try to get them out for fall? I mean, maybe, honestly. If it's a 20-episode season, then they could split it, like, 2A, 2B. I mean, like, the thing about this format is it does seem pretty, like, easy to shoot. Yeah, they're not on a courtship budget. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll see. I mean, we're going to have to figure out what what we're going to do next. We do. That's true. But before we do that, for the finale, uh, joining us to talk about it, special guest, friend of the podcast, uh, Jermaine Fletcher reached out to me. He's like, Sam, put me down. <laughs> I have some thoughts on how I met your father. Uh, and it's been a while since we've talked to Jermaine. I think the last time was when he came by to talk about the Lizzie McGuire movie with us. But yeah. now Jermaine will return and he will help us break down the finale uh, and I guess the season at large of How I Met Your Father. I'm so excited. <laughs> I cannot wait. Yeah. Uh, we'll be looking forward to talking to Jermaine next week. For sure. And until then, you can follow us at Alpha Repeat Pod. Email us any of your thoughts or questions at Alpha Repeaters Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Let us know where you think this dog went. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the dog? Where's this dog? <laughs> uh, if you heard this and you are a little bit behind perhaps on some How I Met Your Father coverage or maybe you are curious to hear more about Lizzie McGuire or The Perfect Man uh, which apparently has a very similar plot to <laughs> uh, How I Met Your Father uh, you can find our coverage of that either at our website www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfit repeaters or on any platform where podcasts are available yeah, see you next week to talk about this finale.